and welcome to the Counter Press Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight, I have Josh Cacho. Josh, what's going on, man? We've officially entered silly season, and that includes our technical difficulties, as you know, this will be our, uh, our, our third attempt at recording this podcast, but you know, it's all well and good as we kind of move into, you know, I'm, I'm happy to get back to talking about LAFC and, and getting more and more excited as the season looms closer. Yeah, I mean, to tell you the truth, at this point, I wish there was somebody who was doing all of our audio editing for us, because then I could fire that person and hire somebody new. Unfortunately for me, that is me. So uh, I am going to not fire myself and just try and get this right this time. So Josh, why don't you go ahead and give us a quick recap of what has happened since the expansion draft and kind of our last episode, just to kind of lay the groundwork for who's on the roster and who is most likely not going to be around for yeah. the next season. So I think, you know, the biggest one is obviously Lee Wynn being taken by Inter Miami. I think we hadn't, I don't think we've, we had been able to talk about that since the expansion draft. So Lee Wynn was taken by Inter Miami. And unfortunately, we're all sad to see him go, um, you know, as he's proved to be an integral part of not just the team on the field, but within the community thus far. Um, you know, and so, you know, we wish him the best of luck as, as things move forward. Um, soon after that, we had the um, official roster announcement for LAFC, and that basically just looked over, went over players that were currently out of contract or options that had not had or had not been picked up. So the ones that had been exercised for this coming year um, were Tristan Blackman, Mohamed El Manir, um, Adrian Perez, and Josh Perez, and then players whose options were um, declined were Lamar Batista, Dejan Yakovic, Javier Perez, and Peter Lee Vassell. Um, that does not necessarily mean that any of those players will, or that doesn't mean that all those players will be gone. Some of them could be brought back, but likely the the option on the, the second, the second year option on their contract was going to give them a raise and whether or not some of those guys earn that raise is, you know, um, is debatable. So the other two big ones are Stephen Betashore and Jordan Harvey are currently out of contract and are free agents as of the 25th. So those guys can sign with um, with clubs should um, co- contract offers be um, made to them. However, um, the the next thing beyond that, I think, is going to be stage two of the reentry draft, which is coming up here in a little bit. Um, and basically what that allow uh, will allow is for teams to bid on players that I think are not quite eligible for free agency for various reasons, um, or maybe have a, they're in a, their con their option wasn't picked up. So that would be someone like, um, you know, Dejan Yakovic can be taken in the reentry draft where it's not that he, you know, that he was automatically a free agent, but they just de- declined to pick up that second year. So the first stage of the reentry draft, teams have to pay them whatever was on that first contract second uh, stage which is coming up tomorrow will be um, where teams can make offers to those players so you may see some movement there heading into tomorrow um, but beyond that that kind of leaves us with um, a, oh, also Tyler Miller's also had a contract apparently the team has made him a bona fide offer um, and but he is yet to there has been yet to any announcement whether or not he's resigned that so currently the roster stands with Cisniegas, our lone goalkeeper. Our defenders are Blackman, Elmanir, Palacio, Segura, Silva, and Zimmerman. Our midfielders are Atuesta, Latif Blessing, 
Alejandro Guido and Mark Anthony Kay, and then our Fords Diomande, Adrian and Josh Perez, Brian Rodriguez, Diego Rossi, Carlos Vela, and Rodolfo Zelaya. And so, yep, that's where the roster stands as it is. So definitely leaves some space to be filled in terms of goalkeeper, probably a right back, um, depending on what happens with with Beta. And then um, definitely in the midfield is probably the next thing that needs to be looked at, especially from a depth perspective. Mm -hmm. So real quick, let's kind of recap each position group. Um, I think you have four guys that you trust as forwards right now in Dio, Vela, uh, Rossi, and Rodriguez. Obviously, Dio isn't exactly looking like a full 90-minute guy anymore. And Rossi, from what everybody assumes, is on the move in January. So maybe the best way to say that is you really have two and a half guys. Uh, And everybody else is just kind of uh, in the periphery with the with the brothers Perez or the non brothers Perez, I should probably say uh, before we get in trouble and Rodolfo Zelaya, who seems to be mostly a non-factor at this point. Um, And then in the midfield, you have your three starters, which is great to see, but then you have nothing but a question mark to back them up in Alejandro Guido, who we have not seen. Um, I think you're missing some, like a true veteran presence there off the bench. And then on the back line, you have a right back in Tristan Blackman, uh, who I think you trust uh, enough. And you have two center backs that you trust in Zimmerman and Segura and two left backs that you trust as well. Um, so while that line is a bit uneven, you probably need uh, one more guy to come in and, uh, and back up at center back. Um, and you definitely need another right back, whether he's a starter, uh, and, and Blackman goes back to center back or, or, you know, it's just like a backup to Blackman. I I'm not sure, but that's kind of where we stand. I think the biggest need is probably that veteran in the midfield. Josh, do you have anybody in mind that might work out there? Yeah. I mean, I think the one that's been widely discussed, um, outside of Bob bringing back Michael Bradley, you know, reunite father and son. Um, the one that I've heard thrown out the most has been probably Sasha Kleshin, right, who's an MLS veteran. I think he's just turned 34, 33, 34, but still has shown that he has quite a bit to offer, um, at least in, in spurts. Um, has played for Bob before, you know, understands the system, can play multiple roles in the midfield, you know. So while he featured prime as a primarily as a distributor and an attacking midfielder, he's also played as like like a box box guy and a number eight. You know, can he do it for 90 minutes anymore? Probably not, but, you know, to be that guy that comes off the bench for 30 minutes a game and, you know, can steady a game, especially in the, you know, in in big moments, whether that's the playoffs or in CCL, you know, in, in hostile territory, you're probably going to need, you know, guys like that to be able to come in. And so, especially if you see the craziness that's been going on in the league of, in the league of next playoffs, you know, I can imagine um, how nuts it's going to be during CCL. So yeah, definitely one of those things where I think he's a guy that can fit that role. Um, the other one that I think has been discussed was Juan Agadello. Um, who mm-hmm. can kind of fit into that forward line potentially as a second striker, um, you know, maybe in that false nine role. 
but um, also has been playing center midfield, you know, for the New England Revolution this past year. So guys that, you know, have been around the league can, you know, still have something to offer in terms of their, um, you know, in terms of their ability, but obviously not guys that you're going to count on, you know, in to play 90 minutes and win you, you know, win you the supporter field again kind of thing, you know, and I think we're pretty comfortable with the starters, but, you know, adding a depth, you know, adding depth there is going to be critical as we head into, um, you know, again, we're what, about two months away from CCL play. Uh, play. So, you know, it's going right. to come a lot faster than I think all of us are ready for. Yeah, I, I really like the the idea of Sasha Klesu, not necessarily that it has to be him, but somebody of that same profile who's versatile enough in the midfield to, to maybe play all three positions, who has been around the block a few times, kind of understands the league um, and what it takes to, to win in this league, as well as um, a, a guy who can probably still go 90 in the Open Cup and he's not going to cost you an international spot. Um, so, I mean, if that ends up being somebody else uh, that kind of meets those same qualifications, I'm totally fine with it. Um, I still think you need somebody else coming in uh, maybe maybe a half step down from question. I don't know who that would be um, in terms of a, of a specific name, but somebody with maybe a slightly lesser profile or, or more of a speculative, maybe a younger guy that comes in um, to help round out that midfield. Yeah, I mean, I uh, think that, that, that position probably goes to some guy that, you know, they find at Peñarol or... You know, somewhere in Uruguay, since that seems to be the one country that we 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 like to get all of our players from, and mm-hmm. so um, you know that I think that's probably more likely to fit the Bills. You know, you'll bring in a guy again, like a more established guy, to basically get into get us into CCL and some of these different competitions that you know that probably don't that won't have as much um, room. Um, you know, for, you know, much as much of a runway to kind of learn the system and those types of things. And then another guy that they'll be able to develop over the course of the season that will hopefully make an impact at some point. And so, um, you know, another guy, you know, I, I think another thing, person that I think I'd, I'd seen, not necessarily being linked back to LAC, but I know that wants to be back in, um, wants to be back in LA is Benny Failhaber, you know, in, mm-hmm. you know, so we'll see what, you know what that looks like again obviously they're probably they're not going to want to bring it bring him back at the money that he was at previously which is why he ended up leaving to begin with um after this past after the first season you know so you know again yet i'm not sure any of us you know in life would want to take less money you know if you don't have to so but again if he wants to be back in la you know again that that he kind of fits that same bill and profile that can play multiple positions along the front three you know uh and again, has kind of been there and done that before. Right, right. That's a good point. Um, someone also, I, I don't know where I was looking at it, but someone had thrown out the idea of potentially um, Fabio Alvarez, right? Um, who formerly uh. of the Los Angeles <laughs> Galaxy. Um, which, when I thought about it, you know, using him in that Latif anti tenral right? wouldn't be a bad shot because he harassed the heck out of Atuesta and was largely a reason in that first game that the offense looked so miserable, right? Because anytime that they tried to run the ball through Atuesta from, you know, as they played out the back, you know, he was right there to make him make bad decisions, you know, make him pass quickly or, you know, 
it just make him generally uncomfortable. And so, you know, while he may not have developed, you know, playing with Zlatan or under Scalotto, I I have to wonder that, you know, under under a Bob Brad, you know, a guy like Bob Bradley, could he potentially, you know, be a guy that fits that same bill in that same role? You know, it'd be a weird guy for to be the guy who you know who crosses the freeway, um, or makes his mm-hmm. way down the freeway, you know, as the first person to have played for both LA clubs, but at the same time, like I said, given given what I think his what I've seen from him, you know, like at least from a defensive perspective, it wouldn't be a terrible shout. Right. No, that's a good point. I, I think I think that the anti ten role is going to become more and more important to Bob's midfield. And it's honestly something that I don't know that he had fully fleshed out um before Latif kind of just barnstormed that position and just kind of paved the path for himself earlier this year. Uh, I mean, obviously we saw Andre Horta not work out because of his defensive. Um, I don't even want to say liability. It's, it's just his, his lack of effort on the defensive uh, side. And then the contrast between him and Latif uh, just was so apparent in our ability to win the ball back high up the pitch and, and be able to, launch an attack from there. So I think it will become more important. And I think it's going to be something that they continue to look for. Um, I guess the only other way that they might handle this, uh, and I guess it's a possibility is Diego Rossi leaves. They go out and sign more of a Tam level striker to play in front of Dio. And then they go out and get a DP midfielder and make the other three compete for the remaining two spots. Um, yeah, I mean that wouldn't be a bad shout either. Right? Yeah. you have to wonder who is available, you know, in the midfield that can play the system right now, you mm-hmm. know, around the world. You know, and again, there's not, you know, the the system tends to be so sp- specific in terms of what it asks you to do that you have to wonder. Um, you know, like I said, if if it if they do go down that road, I don't think it's going to be a guy that we've heard of. Right? I think it'll no, be no, one. I think. I think, I mean, I just spent plenty of time talking about how I think that anti-10 role is going to become more of a, of a necessity in the system. Um, and I don't think you're going to go out and sign a DP to, to just be chasing around uh, opposing center backs and defensive midfielders to try and put pressure on them to win the ball back. I think you'd probably see more of an eight or even a six brought in um, and then have everybody adjust off of that. But it's not, it's, I just, the thought just hit me two minutes ago as you were talking. So it's not something that I've, it's not an idea that I've fully fleshed out here. Yeah. But I mean, you have uh, to think like, should, should Latif go down like he did in, in the, you know, when he pulled his groin in the um, Seattle game, right? You really, there isn't really anyone on the roster, you know, or there wasn't that could do the same things that he does. Right. And so you I mean, have they to tried run. Josh Perez and it did not go well. Yeah. Because again, he's a guy that I just don't think is that comfortable receiving the ball with his back to goal is the biggest mm-hmm. thing, right? I think from at least from an offensive perspective and a defense perspective, he's never going to cheat you of the effort. And you saw him flying the tackles the way that Latif does. You know, again, it wasn't as ideal. But the thing that Latif does so well is that after he makes that tackle, then he can control it and has that close control with the ball that Perez just didn't have. And so, right. That, that was always one of his, one of the things that I liked about him on the wing too, is you could get the ball to him on the wing and he could buy you enough time because he's good enough on the ball to take, you know, to just delay a defender 
um, while the while the offense then pivots off of his position. Um, so, yeah, and I think that's exactly what Perez is missing. He's Perez seems to be more of a run and gun winger, um, sort of a la Jordan Morris, I guess. Uh, kind of like a just a one dimensional guy, and he may or may not hit hit the target uh, when he's in on goal. So, yeah, and um, so I think you know, said I think that would be something I I would, you know, as much as we want to find the guy to replace, you know, you go to question to replace Lee Wynn, I think finding a guy that can that can mimic some of the things that Latif does, um, you know, I think is going to be in- increasingly important. And while he seems like he's Iron Man, and obviously we saw them, he missed a couple games this year you know after he took that shot in vancouver and then um and had to come off and then i believe in the playoffs again was the next time that he missed time and so while you can you can you can afford every now and then not to have a guy like that you know when you're playing against you know those the big those big teams you know having him on the field is going to be critical so i wonder if making sure that you bring in you know i wonder if bringing in a guy that of, of a similar ilk will be critical in getting him, you know, getting him to the playoffs healthy, you know, and so on and so forth. And we're getting him through CCL again because you're adding another competition on top of what we already have played this past year and also did not successfully navigate without losing two or three guys along the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'd also be interesting to see if they do bring in somebody who maybe gives you 80% of what Latif does defensively but that extra 20 percent on the attacking side um you, I, I don't know if that makes sense or not you know the 20 percent that they're missing on the defensive side is added to yeah. the attacking prowess that, um, that you is that enough from latif right right is that enough um be interesting all right well i mean we kind of we kind of hinted at it during that discussion um, let's move back up to the forwards, um, where we seem to be sorted on the wings at least. I think you've got um, enough depth there, even if Rossi leaves with the you know the brothers Perez on, on the wings, Dio's there as a striker. Again, I, I simply don't think he is a ninety-minute guy. I don't think he's your number one striker anymore. I think he's one heck of a super sub and a bit of a luxury to have at a position like that where going back to CCL, if you bring in a veteran midfielder, your your first and second guys off the bench are uh, someone like Lee Wynn and Adama Diomande. I think you're in a good spot there. So, Josh, what do you think they ought to do at the nine? So, you know, obviously there's going to be the names like, um, you know, that have been thrown out there like um, Mario Balotelli, you know, and then I think JJ Macias from um, Leon slash Chivas um, is has been the big one that's been discussed over the last few days, and so you know he definitely fits the bill. You know, as he's a younger guy, I think he's 19 years old. Um, has has Europe looking at him? Um, you know, but probably could use another year. Um, move you know before he moves on, at a bigger contract uh, or to a bigger team, and so. You know, it could be something similar to what you're dealing with with uh, Brian Rodriguez. I would wonder, based on, you know, depending on how much you have to pay, and then also what the cut that the league takes. You know, what, like what's going to be an acceptable transfer fee for him, though. Um, you know, and then 
depending on what the sell-on fee ends up being long-term, um, you know, because he is a Mexican international. And so, you know, that definitely ups his value there, especially if he's able to get a work permit sooner than later, um, if he becomes a regular starter, that is. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, so those are those are the couple, the two names I think I've heard most discussed in different circles, um, you know, whether, you know, that's with MLS state media or just online here and there. Um, you know, I think those were the, the, the reports we had seen. I think the other four that they had been mentioned, um, Vince kind of threw some, some water on that one today, that being Brian or the Brian Lozano, the winger out of, uh, what's the team he plays for? I think he's with Santos. Santos. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, would have been, it seems like a really awesome player scored a banger of a goal the other day. Um, you know, in the playoffs, but again, you know, seems like he, you know, the reports that we had already been contacted and offer had been put in for him, um, or seem, you know, I guess were not true as, uh, Vince pointed out um, today. Mm -hmm. And so the, one of the names that I kind of want to throw out there that, you know, it's kind of out of left field, um, is a U.S. international currently playing for Hamburg in the Bundesliga two, um, has, is a, uh, you know, men's national team player, and that would be Bobby Wood. Um, and it's not just because he's Hawaiian that I want him on the team, but, um, you know, again, he's a, he's a guy that has scored goals at the highest level, you know, in the Bundesliga, and uh, gets top teams, you know, has a, is an, inter, you know, is an international, doesn't take, or it is a national team player, so won't take up um, an international slot. And I think you get him probably for, you know, by the time it's all broken down, you know, he'll probably come for TAM money. Right, so you're mm-hmm. not going to have to pay him DP money, and that, and then now that DP can go towards strengthening, you know, you know, the midfield or one of these other positions, you know, should, um, you know, should they decide to go down that road, and so, or it could be a guy that you buy as a DP, you know, a low end DP, and then buy him down with him, you know, later as the season goes on if you need it, um, you know, because I don't, I think his last transfer value somewhere between one point five and two million dollars. You know, I think was what I yeah, was I've got him here. So he went to Hamburg for four points, four point five back in twenty sixteen, and then was loaned to Hanover for a loan fee of one point three, and now has since gone back to Hamburg, and they got relegated, correct? Mm-hmm. And hasn't really done a whole lot in two Bundesliga. So it was quite. It was actually a pretty big transfer fee going to Hamburg, but um, like you said, his situation isn't all that great right now. I don't know what his salary is right now. Uh, let me see if yeah, I can I mean, look that salary up. Salary information is never available. Yeah, at least or at least one that's going to help us make a an actual educated decision. You know, guess on what's actually happening there. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, given given his form and kind of that value. Uh, the the value listed on transfer market, I, I think you probably could get him on a TAM deal. I love the idea of bringing in a, a guy who's going to be able to be your number one striker on a TAM deal. As we saw last year, it worked just fine. Uh, as infuriating as Christian Ramirez and his point blank misses could be, that's when the team looked their best was with him on the field, opening up space behind the center backs and at least giving you a credible threat uh, and leaving Vela and Rossi isolated on the wings a little more. Um, 
I, I love the, I love the idea of getting back to that. And I think you could do that with a guy like Bobby Wood. Um, as you said, it's probably a bit of a long shot. I don't know if, if uh, Hamburg's actually looking to move him on or not, but uh, you'd have to imagine they're going to be looking at, at, at offers pretty seriously given his form. So, uh, and also the fact that he's American helps and you can, play him in different tournaments you can play him in u.s open cup without having to worry about it you don't have to use an international slot on your striker which is where a lot of uh, mls teams use them obviously because there's just such a lack of quality american strikers so i love the idea is there anybody else uh, that you can think of that might fit that mold if not quite as well for you um man i think the other the other one is you know maybe an Agadello right? Who I think we talked about in the yeah, midfield yeah. earlier, mm-hmm. you know, but can also play you know in as that reserved forward or the you know in that false nine position. So you know again, it depends on what you're expecting from Dio, right? I think the another one I guess would be like a Dom Dwyer, right? I don't know what yeah. his current situation is, but he has had quite a bit of in you know like the, I think the one thing that I love about him is that he brings you know he brings some toughness to the squad. Right, he's he he's been willing to pick up a, a red card every now and then. Yeah. Um. Yep. You know, and so you know, is it a guy? You know, is he the savior at that position? Absolutely not. But is he a guy that's going to bring you some toughness that can come in and do do some good things? Absolutely. You know, in terms of just kind of galvanizing the squad. But again, with his injury history, I think he missed quite a bit of time this past year. And what we're already dealing with with Dio, that would be the one thing I think that would scare me off there a right. little bit, you know, depending on what his, you know, what the training staff thinks of him at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Orlando did protect him in the expansion draft. So I think it is, he would be a guy that you're going to have to, to pony up for. And I, I it, like you said, given the injury risk, I don't know if that's exactly the right move. Um, I do think he might, <laughs> He might give Latif a run for his money in terms of chasing opposing opposing defenders when they have possession of the ball. Uh, so, I mean, that would be fun to watch both him and Latif flying around making challenges uh, in the in the opponent's defensive third. So, not a bad idea. I like the idea of Juan Agudelo. I don't think he's going to come in and be your starter. I'd have to imagine. I, I think he would have made a lot of sense if you would have gone out and got a guy like Brian Lozano, who is more of a winger, but can play as a striker if you need him to. Um, and then Agudelo is kind of the guy, a guy, another guy on the bench that is a true striker, but probably not your starting part of your starting three. So uh, any other forwards, Josh, that you want to talk about? Or, I mean, we did get, we did get a comment last night from Mike beats about Balotelli. I do agree that, uh, First, his current situation is just unfathomable to me. Uh, it's kind of mind-boggling just how disgusting uh, that whole situation is. And, I, I mean, I feel bad for the guy. I don't see it happening at LAFC, even though I would love to <laughs> I would love to have him here. Um, but uh, it does seem like that guy needs a change of scenery. And I hope he gets it yeah, too. I mean, like I said, if only to get him out of, you know, Syria, which is just a crap show at the moment. Um, yeah. You know, it. it's one of those situations where, 
you know, I think when we think about our striker, you know, and I think the the one thing, <laughs> the comment you constantly will see on Twitter and different places like, oh, you know, we need a true number nine and da da da. I think the one thing that we have to consider at this point is that while we, while the fans may want a, you know, a true number nine, I'm not entirely sure that's what Bob wants, you know, going forward because mm-hmm. the style in which he plays, you know, in which he has the team playing and also the team playing at a record scoring pace, right? It's not like we right. were, we were short on goals at any point this year. Um, without having that quote-unquote true number nine. Um, you know, I, that's why I don't get too crazy about having a guy like, you know, you know, bringing in, you know, the names like a Zlatan or a Daniel Sturridge or whoever it may be that, you know, I think have, that's been thrown out there, you know, in terms of their their profile. Um, I think the one thing, you know, again, the, the way that they wanted to play, there's only a few that have done it at the highest level around the world, that being Aguero, Luis Suarez, Roberto Firmino, right? Um, that play that kind of they can they can be a striker, but they can they also can function in you know into the midfield, dropping deep and doing those different things. And so um, again, there's not a whole lot of them around the world. Um, and so I think you know it's it it's going to be a special player that the that the team's gonna kind of put there if, if you look at it at least in 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 the way that I think that they're ultimately gonna they they want to play. So. Again, what that I think Masias kind of fits that role, right? I think we mm-hmm. talked about that earlier um, in terms of his ability to kind of drop deeper into the midfield and do some things there. Um, and so, yeah. And so beyond that, again, I, I think it's such a specific style of play that again, I I, I just don't see it being one of the situations where you can kind of just throw any big name out there and then it's going to make sense. Right. I mean, you gotta you you have to realize that. Uh, somebody you know a big name striker is going to come in let's say Balotelli for example um he's going to come in he's going to be very goal hungry and now he's going to be playing alongside Vela and it's not that Vela is incredibly goal hungry or or conceited I think I think he seems like from all accounts a, a humble guy who's willing to sacrifice his own uh his own success for the team but yeah, this see guy the just... pass to uh, Fito Zelaya. Yes, <laughs> you know, at, at some point in the season. Yeah, uh, he would. That that was his fiftieth uh, total goal. That he passed away to Fito Zelaya. Oh, I guess he got the assist on it. So, I guess it wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have needed another one. But, um, uh, I this guy just had the best season in MLS history by every imaginable measurement <laughs> and i i don't know how you fit in a, a a guy like mario balotelli uh next to him uh, and i honestly it kind of worries me about jj Macias as well where you bring in a 20 year old striker who you're looking to sell onto europe in a few years are there enough goals to go around and really maximize your investment now obviously scouts are going to be uh, smart enough to see past a, a lower goal total if you know Carlos is still getting his, but um, it does it does make me at least pause and ask that question, even if it's a bit unfounded. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just it's 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 not as simple as I think it would be under a normal under a different you know under a different style of play in which the the 
the center forward is the focal point of the offense, right? Where yeah. this is definitely more in that Barcelona and Manchester City and Liverpool role where the creator is, a you know, and, and, the, and the key cog to the offense is one of the wings cutting underneath the two fours and then distributing mm-hmm. from there. You know, again, we don't even play with a true number 10, right? They're, it's right. a 4 three, 3 and we call Latif the quote-unquote 10, right, based on sometimes where he's located further up the pitch. But he's not a 10 in the traditional sense where we play two two box-to-box midfielders on either side of a deeper holding midfielder, mm-hmm. um, you know. And then, the but again, the, most of the creation comes from the wings cutting in, you know, whether that be Rossi off the left or Vela off the right-hand side when he's out there. And so, again, yeah. because of the the style of play, again, it just takes a, you know, again, when Vela cut in, what Ramirez did best was to float out wide, and then now, you know, again, they can't send two or three guys at Vela as he cuts inside. You know, someone is going to go to Ramirez. You know, for as much as he didn't finish, people still respected him to a certain degree, you know, or you just have to because, again, he has scored goals in this league. And so you had to play him, you know, enough that Vela had that space to operate. And so, mm-hmm. again, you wonder, you know, again, who, if there's that, if there is another person out there that can do something similar, you know, and play that play a similar role in you know in world football you know again that you know it is a established name you know that we can they can come in right away and play in ccl or if they decide to kind of go with the roster that they have at the moment um you know a guy that can come in and and play at least you know 30 to 45 minutes and you know keep deal healthy you know again yeah we have to consider how many competitions we're playing in you know this year then i think it'll be three the league you know, and then if you four, if you count the MLS Cup down the road, so mm-hmm. you're going to have to, you know, have some depth there. Especially we saw that being tested as the, you know, as we entered into um, September and October this past year. Yeah, I mean, so I'm going to indulge, be a bit self indulgent here. I think I, I've said it. I've been saying this for about a month or two now. I think the best established name for this system at this point would be Thomas Mueller, who is kind of the inventor of the Raumdeuter position that the the literal translation to that is space interpreter, a guy who reads the game so well that the coach just allows him to say, all right, man, go out there, look at what Carlos and Brian are doing and you pop up wherever you need to. Uh, the, the infuriating thing about it is that he can disappear, but he's always going to show up at the right moment. Uh, and, and typically the big moments as we've seen him do, especially for the German national team and, and also Bayern Munich. But uh, again, this being MLS silly season, that's the name I'm going to throw out there as, you know, the, the guy or the, the mold, I should say, as the guy that you really need to go out and get. Um, now, if they can dig up, uh, the Colombian or Uruguayan uh, 20-year-old version of Thomas Mueller, all the better. But I, to me, that's the exact type of, type of player that you really need. Yeah, and again, around the world, there's about five of them, you know, at the highest yeah. level. So right. good luck trying to find someone that can do it. You know, I, you know again, like every, every, every transfer window, you know, over the last two, three years, they've been, Liverpool has been trying to find someone to replace Roberto Firmino and no one has been able mm-hmm. to do it yet. Right. You know, right. Um, and, and I think even Barcelona, you know, you bring in Griezmann to replace Suarez and what Suarez does in that, in that same thing 
you know, as Messi moves freely with the ball, like Carlos Vela does, you know, again, the perfect person was was a Luis Suarez because he just knows how to fill the available space when Messi mm-hmm. does his thing. And so, again, when you th- when you talk about the names that, that do exactly that, right, they are the the names in you know in in world football over the last 10 years and so again it's no easy feat to try and find someone again this is why i think it's been i think you've you've seen teams struggle to play the exact way that bob wants to you know and they've done a good job of trying to find people to fit what they want to do but again it's no easy feat and again i think you saw them try with ramirez and he brought a lot of good you know good good attributes and different things same thing with Arena, but again the finishing product wasn't there when they were you know when they were so worried almost almost too worried about creating the space that they forgot about you know they left their shooting boots in the car right right i definitely agree all right you good on forwards yep all right let's move to the back uh we talked about having a plethora of left backs uh Jordan Harvey may or may not be back with us, uh, but we currently have both Diego Palacios and Mohamed El Munir there. I don't know if there's any need to keep talking about them unless uh, I think Mohamed El Munir can't is capable of playing in the midfield. So maybe he's a guy we see uh, start to fill in there more frequently. I don't know. And then our center backs, I believe you said Zimmerman, Zagura and uh, Danilo Silva were on the roster, correct? Mm-hmm. And then Blackman, I think, is what is the other person that the team right, sees right. As, as a center back more than he, and then a right back, even though he played yep. does play it pretty well. So obviously, you know, the fourth center back, uh, or potentially the third, and you know, Silva moves to the fourth spot. Um, I, I don't know if there's any sense in speculating on what they might try and do there. I think they'll probably just go and grab somebody that's available or resign Dejan Yakovic. Who knows? Uh, I think the the big need obviously is at right back. Now, Josh, what do you think they should go out and do? Do they go out and sign a starter uh, to replace Blackman and allow Blackman to, to focus more on becoming a center back? It seems to be their plan. Or do you go and sign another understudy to uh, Tristan Blackman? Um, you know, here's the thing. Like I had this conversation today on Twitter with LFC Benjamin and, you know, I think, the one thing that I will say, you know, given, you know, given Black, Blackman's age and some of those different things, you know, he, he's definitely worked his butt off to earn the minutes he has and has played well in the minutes that he's been given, right? But at the same time, I've never been a fan to just awarding a position to anyone. And I think Bob mm-hmm. feels the same way. And so my thing is you bring in the best available guy, whoever that may be, and let them all compete, Right as much as we want to say, oh, this is his position or that position or whatever, you know, if someone comes in and is better than Latif, as much as I love Latif and what he brings to the table, I'm not going to be that sad about it if, if you know, if they're able to find someone that can do it at a high, you know, at an even higher level. Now, again, what he does yeah. is so specific, and you know, then it's a little bit tougher, you know, than our, you know, than a right back. But, you know, what, you know, Blackman does a lot of things well, but you know, are are there is there someone that can they can bring in and have him compete with Blackman? You know, I think that's a potential there. And one of the names that I had I had thrown out there, and you know, obviously this is probably wishful thinking, is looking at the situation in Atlanta with Julian Gressel. 
and mm -hmm. um, understanding that I think their relationship is soured because they basically paid everyone but him. Um, but he's a guy that probably deserves to make a lot more money because of what he means to their offense. And what a having two outstandingly passing fullbacks could do to your to galvanize your offense, especially against some of these low blocks, um, could do to your team. Um, should you bring him in, you know, it would probably cost quite a bit. And, you know, but I think you could probably offer up, you know, if, if you, if Jordan Harvey is brought back in to be, you know, a backup, you know, to, to, um, to Cheeky Palacios for at least, you know, for this first part of the season, you know, with the assumption that Cheeky even beats him out, you know, obviously I think we're all assuming at that at this point, but, um, you know, obviously you want to make sure that he competes. And you know? I think a guy like Jordan Harvey would, is going to push him and continue to push him, especially given what Bob wants, you know, but I think having a guy like Gressel on that right-hand side opposite of Palacios could just be absolutely filthy. Um, and again, I think you'd probably have to give up, you know, Tammany plus, um, you know, a guy like Bunier, right, that's, that, again, that's a little bit harder to come by in terms of a left back, um, mm -hmm. you know, who has both defensive and offensive skill. And while Gressel has primarily f um, played a right wing back role for Atlanta in their 3-4-3, again, I wouldn't, I would look no further than what Bob did with, with El Manier, who played that same position as a left wing back in Orlando and then turned him in, you know, was able to develop him and, you know, turn him into a guy that I think was fighting for minutes at left back as the season went on. Right. Um, in terms of if you, I mean, if you are truly aiming to be a possession oriented, oriented team that wins the ball back before the opponent can build out of their own half um, and launches attacks from there, I don't know a better right back in MLS right now that, you can go after than Julian Gressel. Um, and like you said, if you have a back line of Palacios, Segura, Zimmerman, and then Gressel, uh, it's not only going to be a great defense, but it's going to be an incredible offense as you get those fullbacks pushed high up the pitch. And now you have Julian Gressel overlapping with, with Carlos Vela. By the way, Julian Gressel, uh, who is arguably the second best player for Atlanta United, not in, you know, in the, with only Joseph Martinez being ahead of him. I think he's, he's honestly been the second most important player. And for whatever re reason, they don't rate him at a higher level and they're not going to pay him. And they've allowed that relationship to sour. Um, and then you have Palacios overlapping with Brian Rodriguez on the left wing. Uh, I think you have, a very, very dangerous attack that even if you do bunker, LAFC is going to find ways to break you down and be able to score goals. Um, yeah, because I think at that point, right, you you have the option of playing, you know, the wingers out wide and then having the the midfielders attack into the half spaces, you know, like a Manchester City with Latif and Mark Antonike pushing up into the half spaces. Or... Right, depending on how that team is playing, you have the you can have the forwards tuck in and then have the those two fullbacks overlapping with the midfielder staying at home a little bit more, mm -hmm. um, and and you know and and have the creative juices coming from the outside like a Liverpool right where their fullbacks are each averaging ten assists, and so I think that again it just gives you a ton of flexibility in terms of how you want to play right and again if right you know, I, and I think. 
sorry, I, I want to drive that point home about Liverpool, where you have a guy like Trent Alexander Arnold, who in on a lot of teams he's going to be playing center midfield, and at Liverpool he's you know he's playing right back. But he's skilled enough to be playing center midfield on a number of teams. And I think you see, obviously not at the same level, but uh, a similar thing with Julian Gressel, who is a guy who can slot into the midfield just fine, and he's going to hang in MLS. But yeah. he's so, able to you know, play right back is, as if well. You think of, in, in, our forma- you know, in the way that, way that we play, generally speaking, when we're in possession, we're in you know, somewhat of a 2-5-3 right mm-hmm. most of the time um you know with with basically the only two players back being the two center backs with you know the midfielders and and the fullbacks kind of in a line across the middle with the three with the three up top and so um is that enough players yeah that's 10 um and so you know given given that you know like i said i'm not as worried about some of the you know like the fact that he didn't play like a true fullback position or those different things because again i'm not you know we didn't really play a, you know, fullback, fullback that sits back there, and you know, like a Jose, Jose Mourinho style fullback that they don't really push up forward. They just kind of hang out in the midfield. You know, our fullbacks were flying up the pitch the majority of the time. Right, right. And so again, I think the the defensive stuff is things that can be worked on throughout the year. And again, like you're saying, you know, while he's not, you know, he's the closest thing you're going to get to a Trent Alexander Arnold in the Major League Soccer, you know, ever, you know, given given the mm-hmm. level and those types of things. And so. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to move for a guy like Reggie Cannon because Dallas is going, you know, in terms of other right backs in the league, right? Dallas is going to want to sell him on for as much as possible, you know, and I think the other good right back is Metaner, right? Over in, um, mm, in Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota. Right? and those guys aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So again, I think the, you know, in terms of a high level guy who's going to, you know, again, if, and if we're talking about Blackman, you know, make him continue to fight and earn for every single minute, make, you know, make Walker continue to fight and earn every single minute. You know, again, I think when you bring in guys who are flexible and can do those different things, it just becomes a day in day out battle every single day to see who's going to make the starting 11. And ultimately, if you're trying to be, you know, become a team that, you know, competes at the highest levels, that's what you have to be at, right? It's because if you look at across world soccer, right, guys that cost a hundred million dollars aren't guaranteed starters, right? right. You pay X amount right. for a guy, and you know they're sitting on the, you know, like look at Barcelona, how much, you know, like they're still talking about trying to bring in Carlos Vela because Usman Dembele hasn't quite kicked in, and they paid a hundred million for him, right? Mm-hmm. And and so again, you know, I think to continue to compete at the level, I think the club strides for. You constantly have to be looking at looking to, you know, everyone is replaceable, you know, even your best players. And at that point, it becomes a matter of, you know, again, you being able to survive in that environment. And so, you know, I, I think Blackman is a guy that doesn't want it to be handed to him anyways and is going to fight for it. Um, you know, but I think fostering that competition across the team, I think, is important. And, and again, bringing in lesser talent to make people feel good, I don't think is the best way to build a team. Right, right. So I think that's just about all the positions. Um, just had an idea. Let me know if you're not down for it, but I think, I think it might work. Let's go through um, kind of our starting 11, given our shopping list, as well as like who your first two or three subs are off the bench. Uh, I'll go ahead and do mine first so you can have a second to think about it. 
but I think you you can that I think there is a way for you in February to run out this starting eleven, where you have Cisniega, Gressel, Zimmerman, Segura, Palacios, Atuesta, unnamed center midfield DP, Blessing, Brian Rodriguez, Bobby Wood, and Carlos Vela. With Oof. your three subs coming in off the bench, you have Blackman who can come in to help uh, either in the in, you know a lot in as a as a third center back or as a as a right back option with Gressel pushing into the midfield, or maybe Gressel's tired and you just want Blackman to go out there and run up and down the, that wing. You have Sasha Kleshin coming in off the bench at center midfield, or Mark Anthony K. And you have Dio also that can come in at striker. Yeah. I mean, I think if you bring in a DP midfielder right at that point, I think um, likely what happens at that point is that, um, you know, K is your first sub off the bench, right? For either yeah. Latif or for, yeah. or, or for Atuesta and, you know, or whoever it may, you know, or probably for him and Latif, right? Him and Latif mm-hmm. kind of will play that, you know, that kind of that same role in terms of just being a ball winning midfielder with the other, you know, with that Twesta being your, you know, your controller and your, your playmaker from deep. And then the other guy being your, your more creative force from the middle yeah. of the field. Um, and let me just say on, on my names before, before I ask you for yours, I'm not, you know, just like I said about Sasha Kleston, it doesn't have to be those guys specifically. It can be, you know, anybody of their profile that fits in uh, to the salary cap and whatever it is that Bob is trying to do next year. All right, Josh, let's kick it. What do you got? Man, um, honestly, like I'm not sure that I'm that far off from the list that you you would just put out there because, again, mm-hmm. in, in terms of the guys that um, you listed, most of them, you know, it's probably the, the direction that I would go. Um, you know, I think in the the one thing that you kind of have to look at, you know, is it just depends on if, you know, LAFC is such a hard team to to do this with because of the propensity to have it being, you know, again, it there being some random guy from somewhere yeah. in South America that we've never heard about, you know. So which silly, is a positive, you know, if you ask me. Yeah, for sure. And <laughs> you know, and and I think the one thing is that you, we're not going to hear about anything until the window opens, probably in terms right. of what they decide right. to do, um, you know, because they do keep things close to the vest, but. You know, I think the one thing to consider is like, you know, when you look at the, you know, rumors that pop up from Adrian Wojnarowski in the NBA or Adam Schefter in the NFL, right? The accuracy of those those rumors that come out, right, in the NBA is somewhere close to about 75, 80%, right? Right, right. In world soccer, the accuracy of some of these, these speculations <laughs> is something probably closer to like 5%, maybe 10% at, at best in terms of, you know, where a guy, you know, the moves that actually get made, um, you know, mm-hmm. throughout, you know, for whatever reason. And so, you know, and again, I think now that Mexico um, has become, you know, just given some of the volatility that they're experiencing as a country, um, you know, like I said, I think some of the players are looking to come states, more and more players are looking to come stateside just for the stability of things at, at the current moment. And, um, you know, because I think they recently had a game canceled because of 
because of some issues that they had, I think, with cartel mm. violence or something like that. Um, you know, again, and that was the first time I think that had, that had happened. So I think you you do, you know, MLS is becoming a more attractive place, especially for some of these top name guys, um, you know, who are going to get paid the same amount in MLS that they would in uh, in Liga MX. And, you know, even some of the mid-level guys that would probably be a DP in Liga MX are, you know, are probably looking to make, you know, looking at at MLS as a more viable option as well. Um, and so, you know, getting back to what, you know, the, the, the task was, you know, I think, oh man, it's, I, I'm not sure I, I can really go anywhere beyond the list that you gave, you gave, you know, you just put out there, um, you know, maybe if you decide to go with a, a, a DP, you know, forward, then you're looking at a guy, you know, like, uh, you know, like a Thomas Mueller or, or, you know, and a, you know, Suarez, if they, you know, if he finally decides to make that move, I don't think it's going to be this year though. Um, up mm-hmm. top, um, you know, again, like the actual, you know, the guys that are known to be space interpreters, if you will. Um, and then behind it, yeah, again, I, I'm hard pressed to come up with a list of, you know, <laughs> well, I kind of, I kind of stole anyway. your ace in the hole in Bobby Wood. So that's partially yeah. on me. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean, like I said, I, I think it's, you know, if if anything, it's going to be guys that are similar, like you were saying, that are of similar ilk and quality and, and stature within the lead that probably fill in those positions as opposed to, again, what what MLS silly season has become and it becomes which guy, you know, which which guy from a top league decides to come here, you know, to finish their career. Right, right. All right, then. So, no Joao Felix to LAFC is what you're telling me. Yeah. You know, because we're gonna fork out that. You know, I mean, not even just to a Felix, right? It's <laughs> it's the the calls for for a guy like Gabigol, right? Right. From yeah. you know, from Flamenco, that you know, if you had done made this move, uh, what two years ago, right? Yeah. You'd probably get him for you know cents on the dollar, something around between, you know, probably around fifteen to twenty million, right? When he flamed out at Inter, but now it's gonna mm-hmm. cost you forty million, and you know, and I wonder if MLS will ever get to that point when you're spending that kind of money or if it will con, you know, if, if the, if the long-term profile of the league is something closer to the air divisie or, um, you know, uh, or, or leagues of that, of that stature. Yeah. I think 40 million is a, is a tough, is a tall order for now. Oh, I think that the most expensive player is PT Martinez, right? And he went for 18, 16, something like, yeah, 16, 16, 17, something like that. So, I mean, I could see it. I could see a team going out and, and spending 20. Not that it, not that it all has to be incremental. I mean, who knows? David Beckham could just decide, you know, what, we're going all in and we're going to spend 40. I don't care. Um, or galaxy could do it as well. Who knows at this point? Um, but I think it's. I think you're going to continue to see more and more incremental change, um, which is you know that that fits the profile the profile of the league, which is we value our slow, steady growth over an explosion of of talent and you know bringing in the biggest stars in their prime. So yeah, well, I mean, I think, and I think that one of the issues is that I'm I'm not sure the players' union really wants 
the biggest stars coming in in their prime, right? As as counterproductive right. as that may sound to, you know, the the average fan of MLS that wants to see the league get better and bring in more stars and the, so on and so forth, right? You have to think that, you know, more money doesn't necessarily, you know, and, and a raised salary cap doesn't actually mean that that money is going to go to, you know, guys like Tristan Blackman, right? Who are drafted yeah. to the league. And this is the, you know, this is likely the, the top level that they're going to play. You know, maybe. The yeah. I mean, what was, what was Blackman on last year? Like 56 grand or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, and that's the thing. And, you know, no matter how much the, you know, the salary cap is raised, the guys who are, you know, members of the player union are are never going to see a dime of that because that's going to go towards DP players and higher level things, yep. which is great yep. for the fan and great for the audience. But again, the with, with the players, you, you know, with when you get the unions involved, then you have to think about it from that perspective. And I think the one thing that more than anything, those guys are you know, looking for is more of a, uh, a floor raise as opposed to a cap raise. Right. And so instead right. of the salary cap going up, they're going to look for the salary floor to go up so that those guys are making more. So, yes, the owners spend more money, but it's to pay the guys that are currently there as opposed to bringing in more talent, which mm-hmm. takes jobs away from guys, you know, or at least that's how, you know, the union will likely see it. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay, Josh, anything else? Nope. I think that's it. Obviously, tomorrow we'll know a little bit more. Um, with the re-entry draft, with the stage two of the re-entry draft, we'll see if if LAFC passes again. Um, you know, at this point, but you know, this is where I think you'll see some movement, and usually they people will trade. Uh, what is it? Super draft picks and some of that to move up in mm-hmm. the order. You know, again, part of the weird mo- roster machinations of of Major League Soccer. Yeah, I, I really wouldn't be surprised to see some sort of move made in the midfield tomorrow. Then again, I wouldn't be surprised if they just did nothing because, like you said, they always seem to have their eye on somebody else down in South America and they'll bring him in at the 11th hour, a la Chiqui Palacios. So uh, we're going to keep our fingers crossed that this audio all works out and we can push this out to you guys for Tuesday morning. Um, we understand that we got a little crazy with some of the speculation out there, uh, but we all we did it in in the in the spirit of Cyber Monday uh, and just the MLS silly season in general. So let us know if you think we missed on somebody, if there's somebody else we should have been, you know, taking a look at. Uh, maybe you are a big Copa Libertadores fan and you saw something down there that you wanted us that, you know, you want LAFC to take a look at that doesn't cost $40 million. Um, uh, tell us all about it at counterpress underscore on Twitter. You can email us the counterpress show at gmail.com. Josh, what about you? LAFC Josh on Twitter. All right. And I am at Kirk Kinsey and we will talk to you all shortly. Shortly.